Welcome to the Teens Talk podcast, created by the Student Virtual Board of Youth Celebrate Diversity. YCD supports students and teachers organizing locally, educating themselves and their peers, and taking action for inclusion and social justice. For more information, visit ycdiversity.org. In this episode, board member Ria interviews Maria Angela Acosta, a deaf activist who shares what it's like being deaf in a hearing world. Hello, YCD listeners. My name is Ria, and I will be speaking today with my friend and activist, Mary Angela. And today we will be discussing what it is like to be a deaf student. Um, so if you would like to introduce yourself, Mary Angela. Yeah, hi, I'm Mary Angela Costa. Um, I, yes, I'm the only deaf student here at St. Mary's Academy. And my parents and I are actually from Lima, Peru, and I moved to here, Denver, Colorado, when I was about four years old. Oh, perfect. So I think I just want to start off today kind of just learning about you and your family and yeah, just who you are as a person. Well, um, in terms of family, we I have a huge family here in Peru. I'm sorry, I have a huge family in Peru. Um, we're actually the only family here in Colorado, but um, I'm always staying in touch with my family. And really my favorite things to do here is cooking, especially Peruvian food. I love cooking so much. I love to volunteer as well, especially with kids with different abilities. Um, I volunteer at Rosie's Ranch. We do a summer camp for kids with different abilities. So I always go there every single summer. Um, I love to play with my dog too, who his name is Lucky and he's a husky Labrador mixed. Um, we're always spending so much time together since I'm at home mostly all the time. Yeah. I know I've seen Lucky on Zoom a couple of times in class and he's yeah. very cute. Thank you. So I think right now I kind of would like to talk about what it was like learning about your diagnosis, how it was for your family, and how it affected kind of your life? Well, if you're curious about how I became deaf, to be honest, I have no idea. Um, Pooh is kind of behind in terms of technology. Here in the United States, as soon as a baby's born, you do a hearing test. But in Pooh, it's not like that at all. So my parents didn't find out immediately. It wasn't until about I was seven months old that my parents noticed that I wasn't responding to sound. So they took me to the doctor and found out that I'm deaf. From that moment, I was two hearing age. And it wasn't until I was about three years old that I had a surgery on my left ear for a processor, which is a cochlear implant surgery. Um, so ever since then, I have a hearing aid on my right ear and a processor on my left ear. Um, I have no idea how I became deaf. Like, I wasn't sick or I didn't have any um, health condition that could have affected it, no clue. I do know that I have malformation on both of my cochleas, meaning that the nerve cells inside the cochlea were activated, so they were not able to send signals to my brain, 
but that's just as far as I know in terms of why I am deaf, but that's just pretty much how much I know about that. And you mentioned like you had a cochlear implant on one side of your ear and then what did you have on the other? Hearing aid. Hearing aid. And what's the difference between the two? So a processor, it requires a surgery first of all, and it is, has a implant inside, meaning it has a little electrical cord that goes into your cochlea. What that does is sort of sends like robotic sounds through the cells, and it. I don't know, I always say, I feel that I have a bionic ear, but it's literally a mini robot on my ear, and it just, it actually covers the high-pitched sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I didn't have a processor, I wouldn't be able to hear the beeping sounds of the microwave or the oven or the fire alarm. I wouldn't be able to hear those without my processor. The hearing aid is... Mostly more people have hearing aid, it's usually but those who have somewhat level of hearing. Mm-hmm. But if you're profoundly deaf and you cannot hear anything, sometimes hearing aids wouldn't work. That's mm-hmm. why I had a process on my left ear. But the hearing aid is more of like a device that amplifies the sounds. So whatever's on the outside, they just make it louder through my ear canal. And I've been having it on my right ear basically all my life. Okay. And I remember because Mary Angela and I have gone to school since fourth grade together. And when we were in elementary school, you had something that you wore around your neck and then the teacher also wore. What was that? That was an FM system. Um, Thankfully, right now it's wireless, so I don't have to wear anything that connects to my sharing devices. But back then in fourth grade, it, not everybody had them actually. Uh, an FM system is just a way to connect. So the teacher usually has a microphone and then back then I would wear something and what that does is whatever the teacher is saying, it connects through the FM system and goes to my hearing devices so that I'm able to hear them clearly and loudly because if I, if I didn't wear FM, Whatever the teacher is talking, it goes throughout the classroom and it's harder for me to hear. So FM system, it just helps me hear the teacher way better and not having to worry about what did I miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years, it has become smaller and smaller to the point now that it's just all wireless. The teacher do have to wear a small microphone, but for me, it just connects with the hearing devices. Oh, I'm glad like there's been a good steady like technological improvements. Yeah, Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, So taking it back to like when you first started school, how old were you and how was the adjustment from being at home and then going to a school setting? Yeah, so basically ever since my parents found out that I was deaf at seven months old, they've enrolled me to like mini classes for more mobility skills, verbal skills, and such things. But it wasn't until I was about a year and a half that I went to an oral school for the deaf. And that was in Peru, and it was called Fernando Eslava. And so I was literally surrounded by deaf and hard of hearing students, and we had speech therapy, 
teaching speaking listening and all of that stuff but then when i moved to the united states that was when i was about 4 years old i was in a i used to go to um temple of emmanuel which is a public school i believe <laughs> i don't quite remember about it god but it's only a morning preschool program and there's a school right next to it that is called cousin elementary and i would go for the afternoon preschool classes so mm-hmm. i would go back and forth but then starting kindergarten i continued at cousin elementary which is a public school and it wasn't until fourth grade that i moved to sma mm-hmm. and how was it being in public school did they have good like accommodations for you um in cousin elementary i was in a deaf and hard of hearing program It is a very small class, and you have between five to seven students. It's very small, and I remember that oftentimes I was quite bored in a way that the pace of the classes were quite slow, but I, but it was in a way so that we can understand them clearly. But at the same time, I didn't feel I was pushed enough to actually. so and push myself harder I, because even though the teachers want to help the student I do be a little bit of like I was in a bubble mm-hmm. like being overprotected and so that's why I wasn't until oh um in the deaf and hard of hearing program I they provided speech therapies and mm-hmm. dumb systems batteries and all of that it's all covered by the program because it's a public school which is funded by the government so everything was covered and it wasn't until fourth grade that I mainstreamed into a hearing class but it was actually hard at the first place because my teachers and principal were actually against it and telling me that I shouldn't go because I would fail and so forth until my dad so the ADA we just American with Disabilities Act is a law passed in 1990 we just that all people with different abilities has right to education mm-hmm. and when he saw that they backed up they couldn't do anything about it so i was able to mainstream but it was a huge change from being a tiny little mm-hmm. 5 to 7 student class to like 30 it was a public school so it was very big class it was a huge adjustment for me um I don't recall my friends going with me but they stayed in the program. I'm not sure why, but it was a huge shift. I kind of being the only deaf student. There were a few others, but but they were a grade older than me because fourth grade and fifth grade were combined um at Carson Elementary. So and then when I moved to SMA, I took fourth grade again because of the education that was from public to private. But But it was a huge difference when I went to private school because I quickly learned that I had to take care of myself and look after myself, mm-hmm. having to get my own FM system, having to make sure I have ba- um, batteries in my backpack because at, at Carson, they have it always there. But for me, I always have to remember that I have it in my backpack. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would need to change batteries and also meeting with teachers to get to let them know that I'm deaf and making sure I can read lips and so forth. And so it was a huge transition from public to private and literally now kind of looking after myself in a way because 
Private schools. Even though the ADA doesn't apply because it's a private business, but still I have to find ways to make sure that I'm getting access to education. And did you think that the elementary school that we went to together, do you think it was adequate and like a good needed push for like independence? Um, well, I think because it was my first time being in a private school and being the only one, I didn't advocate for myself as much because it was so new to me that I didn't realize that I have to. And I didn't, I wasn't very much aware of my rights too, in a way that mm-hmm. things should have been given to me, not me reaching out to get them. But as long as I reached out to the teachers and, and if I didn't understand, I could be with them after school and everything went well. But it was me reaching out quite a bit mm-hmm. until at some point in the middle of the year or the end of the year that they kind of get to the point that, oh yeah, mm-hmm. have, they have to like help me out, but it did take a while to like remind them. Okay, yeah, that's good. I think like being in elementary school, we're all still so young and it's nice to have like teachers come to you instead of always having to come to them. So kind of going into middle school, how was that adjustment? Because for our school that we went to, the elementary school and middle school were in two different buildings with a different principal, different everything. So how was that adjustment? As we felt more supportive in middle school with teachers. Actually, in middle school, there was a teacher that was in charge of like, um, like learning ability center, you know, and like providing tutor and stuff like that. And me as a teenager and being very stubborn, I was actually didn't want help in a way because like in terms of extensions and advanced notes and stuff like that because I really wanted to prove everybody that I could handle it by myself so I was very stubborn no I'm not gonna do that because I really want to prove myself and to others that I can do anything and so middle school I could have like taken some help but I favor so rough to be honest, middle school year was the first time in my life. But um, but again, it was pretty similar in terms of reaching out to teachers and then they were one-on-one with me and going over the materials. And in middle school, I had tutor after school every once in a while to help me with English, especially since English is not my strongest strength. So I had help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until high school that I started getting um, accommodations and stuff like that. And what accommodations did you get kind of high school, but like pre-COVID high school? Yes. Um, so at the beginning of the high school year, I began working with Miss May, who's our high school counselor. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't quite remember, but somehow I was eligible for the Bible for section plan or there was something else. The Bible for section plan was um, kind of a law that that make, that people have right to education. Um, the ADA is a little bit more in depth later on, 
but because of that and because our high school council has somewhat understanding of accommodations, but then, so freshman year, sorry, I'm, not, I'm just gonna get right to the part, but freshman year, I began having extension time for my testing, especially in the, um, the SAT and um, ACT, stuff like that, because I've taken one before the extension and one after it, and I, I know there's a huge difference. Like my score was way better with the extension, so I was grateful that I have that. Um, advanced notes especially, I've never had that before. And in freshman year, if they have, if the teachers have um, slides, they will share with me before and I could print them out. And then when I get to class, I could just write over the slides so that I don't have to write every single note. Um, if they do seating or anything, we just kind of were in high school, but if they do, they always put me in the front row and making sure that I'm closest to the teacher. But I prefer to sit close to the teacher rather than in the back. Okay. And if you don't mind me asking, kind of how was it socially during school for you? when you originally switched from your program where you were surrounded by deaf students to leaving that? Yeah, so Carson Alamanti, um, I think in my deaf and hard of hearing program, I was surrounded by deaf kids who are like me. Mm -hmm. So I'm always having fun and being silly and just having a time in our lives. and. And always, and of course, we are friends, and we fight, and we play, and you know, it's just like how friends are. And so I was never, never aware of my own identity until I mainstreamed at college elementary, and noticing that I'm kind of the only one surrounded by hearing students, and them seeing my hearing devices, asking me questions, it made me felt kind of self-conscious, and oh wow, I'm like being noticed so much, and that. And I guess that way it kind of made me turn mature in a very young age. But then I have to figure out how I can respond in a kind way because sometimes in my mind, I have to go do this here. But at the same time, trying to be polite because they don't know because we've never interacted before. Mm -hmm. So I always try my best to explain that being in the program, I'm with everybody who is just like me. So I've was never aware of myself until I mainstreamed and whoa, like I'm being the only one and have to learn to stand up for myself. And in some way it's good because I know how to show myself and be proud of my identity. But in some way I feel kind of sad that I have to grow up in a certain young age. I still should be a kid, but I was so I'm maturing a young age that I'm not protecting myself, making sure I am good and make it. And also, fourth grade was kind of the start of me because I didn't like the way everyone was looking at me. I began to imitate as a showing person because mm -hmm. I didn't like standing out at first. And, and when I would ask, can you please repeat? They make fun of me or if I don't understand, they laugh at me. So that's why I didn't like those reactions. So I began. Like if I didn't understand, like, oh yeah, because I'm basically trying to avoid um, those situations. So I began like guarding myself and I'm very, and I didn't want to ever go through that again. And when I transitioned to SMA, I continued with that, but it wasn't until high school 
that I began to kind of let go and be myself and start asking for help. But it was a long journey and I was just, you know, writing out for myself, but also making sure that I'm understanding everything. So it was, it's been a tough journey. And like, not to compare kind of our situations, but also like similarly to you, like being the only black student and then always being asked stuff so I can somewhat understand your experience. So kind of transitioning to where we are now, since we're in a global pandemic with a lot of new restrictions and regulations, how has this time affected you? Man, I will talk all day just about this, but um, when the pandemic first started, when we began wearing masks, it was, Help for me because I could no longer repeat. For me, as a deaf person, even though I have a sharing device that helps me hear, I depend mostly on lip reading. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a puzzle that like I lip read and listen, putting the two and two together. And so having the mask taking away lip reading was a huge challenge. And that, and at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't go out as much, so it wasn't a bit of a deal. Um, now, school, at the beginning of the pandemic, when we all went virtual, that was a huge change for me. And at that time, we had either um, Google Meet or Zoom, either, either one. At that time, there was no caption, so I solely had to base on lip reading on a blurry screen. And it was a tough battle because and sometimes when students ask, there's a speaker mode thing where when someone else, it switched to that person, right? But it's like five seconds later and they're basically done with the. And so it was tough and I cannot understand. I was literally just um, focusing on the notes and just kind of make, <laughs> make sure I passed by the end of that. But it wasn't until this school year at the beginning of the senior year that a teacher at SMA showed me Google slide captions and so I started using that with Zoom overlay, and so it was a lot of things to set up. Um, and I started using that, it was super helpful. Um, but the only downfall of it is I have to be quiet because the Google Slide caption is based on the audio surrounding it. Mm-hmm. So if I like mumble or something, even though I'm muted, Mm-hmm. It would like catch some of my words and stuff, so I have to be absolutely quiet so that it translates. Um, it wasn't until like in the middle of the senior year that the Zoom started presenting those live transcript captions, but unfortunately only teachers have access to that. I don't know if it's because of the level, of, like the type of the account they have. I know a student's account, they don't have it, so I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. And they are actually quite helpful. Um, yeah, so poetry has been tough with that. And I mean, I don't even know how I made it this year, but I did it. So I'm just like making sure I like pass for the rest of the semester. Um, one thing I'd like to mention about the pandemic that it was a huge surprise to me was in the last summer when I was trying to get new hearing devices, a new sharing aid. I went to 
the to see the audiologist and the up the the desk where you know like how about your name and all that stuff. The receptionist had mask that is covered, mm-hmm. and I was dumbfounding the way if they're working in the area that is providing services for people that are deaf or hard of hearing, then why not clear a mask? Mm-hmm. So I felt, wow, like, I thought they were supposed to be helping us, not making it harder. And then when I saw my audiologist for the hearing aid, she also wore a covered mask too. And it was hard, but luckily my dad was there and she had a clear mask so she was able to help me. But it felt weird mm-hmm. thinking audiologist wants to help deaf and hard of hearing people, but not wearing clear mask. So it was a huge um, difference, but then, so I have two audiologists because there are audiologists for processors and audiologists for hearing aids. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find one that does both. So I have two different ones. But when I go to see my audiologist of the processor, thankfully the audiologist does have clear masks, so I was able to understand. But it's, but I know it's very rare that audiologists and people um, working in that area are wearing covered masks. And it's just, it also makes me know that in, that's interesting. It shows that they're kind of expecting that deaf and hard of people, um, hard of hearing people are listening. Like, I don't want to say like t- making them he- um, hearing people, but in a way that act as a hearing as a hearing person I don't know so that's why it's very interesting to see that during the pandemic and realizing that I have to learn to listen but it was a challenge and not being able to go to the service that helps me mm-hmm. and having covered mask um yeah so that was not a huge um event going on during the pandemic yeah I think that was something that I learned when you came into one of our classes and you were talking about what this pandemic has been like for you. And I never even thought of the mask thing. Like that was something totally new to me. And I'm glad I, you said that because I would have never thought of it. And now like everywhere I'm going, I'm like, huh, like how are other people who do need to lip read, how do they know what's going on and what's being said? And so it's kind of weird to like look back at my own privilege in this whole situation. Yeah. And in terms of the mask, like in school, like in person, I don't know because I haven't been in person yet. I will soon, but I'm not really familiar with that. But in terms of Zoom, like virtual, um, it's just working with captions and one-on-one and it's okay, but Zoom all day is not, definitely not a fan of that, but I'm just like trying to make it through. And so what accommodations um, has the school given you kind of during this time? Like I know our teachers wear the clear mask and they also have like the captions on, but is there anything else that they do? Um, I know that some some of the teachers um allowed me to have breaks, so if I'm ever feeling that I've had it, so I need time off, 
Mm -hmm. I just let them know and they're totally understanding and that let, will let me um, get off. But at the same time, I'm so stubborn that he ran a mission image I'm already behind. So being on stream, I'm going to be even more behind. So I tried to go through it. But if I had bad headaches, then I get off. But other than that, I don't know. I know that the school has been trying to make classes shorter and less zooming time and stuff, but it hasn't been working out too much. And and teachers want to like push on the whole thing and stuff. So I just stay with them because it's kind of hard when the school is saying that's what we're doing, but the outcome is not really that way. And I would really need more breaks in between because last semester I pretty pretty much have a full day. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to even have like a five or 10 minute break in between um, without Zoom. But thankfully this semester, I only have classes in the morning, so it's not too bad. Um, but it still could have been a little bit more hub. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it is challenging, especially that when you're the only one of a kind, it's hard to get your accommodation sometime because the school might be focusing on the majority and and can be challenging to meet every single student's needs. Um, but as far, I mean, the only thing I would say is the Zoom, the amount of Zoom kind of been less. Yeah, and for everyone listening, our classes are an hour and 30 minutes mm -hmm. long. And so it, and we have about four or five classes per day so it just gets it's a very long day for us but yes I do agree that I think more breaks are very much so needed yes and was there anything else you think like our school could be doing to help you more during this time yeah I have brought this <clears throat> excuse me I have brought this up quite a bit and Every time the high school makes a video, mm -hmm. um, like a homemade video with mm -hmm. iMovie or so on, um, most of the time they don't have captions. And sometimes I have to reach out and like, hey, can you please put it on? And it takes forever to get them through. And mm -hmm. sometimes they show up through the town meeting or, and then there's no captions. But I do feel like that's a huge part of it too, that if they are gonna present videos to everybody, make sure there are captions because most of the time there wasn't and I'm already missing out too much. So it would be really helpful that they could work on that. Mm -hmm. um, and also have them understand that it's better to have captions in the video, not having Google Slides or mm -hmm. um, Zoom captions tra um, transcripted because I've had several times the teachers are can you just watch it with Google Slides? And I'm like, but it's not the same. It's not very accurate. And funny thing is last semester when I was in a college writing class and Miss Summers, who's our um, teacher in, in, uh, at SMA, she was talking about thesis. And, but it was kind of hard to lip read. And the caption was writing species. 
En hij was like, Miss Samma, wat did you say? En ze zei, Pieces. En hij wrote Pieces in the caption. En hij was like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Can you like put in the chat? En when she put in the chat, it was Thieves. En hij was like, Oh, now I'm mixed up. It was like completely different. So, it is, so oftentimes, Google captions or um, Zoom captions are very inaccurate with words. And sometimes just one word can throw me completely up. And I have to like figure out. I'm pretty sure she said that it's not there and it's just it takes a lot of like mental mentality to like take our words and put it in and make sure that I understand everything. Yeah, you're working extra during the school days. Yes. But yeah, I I think it's hard or not hard. I think like our school, I think just doing the simple things like putting the captions on video. I feel like that wouldn't be hard. And obviously you're like a member of our community. And as a member, you should be included in everything that we do. So I think, I, I think that's their fault, definitely. Yeah, it is, it is challenging when I have to keep it into myself when, um, yeah, when the high school is saying, we're doing our best to include. And, I'm sure every student at SMA probably has some um, their own opinions on that. Um, but that's why it's weird because even me as a deaf person, I caption my videos too whenever homemade videos I make to and making sure that everyone's included, even though I'm deaf, I put caption. Mm -hmm. And it does take time depending how you do it, but that's just an easy fix because you, that person shouldn't be waiting for days to get the caption going through and then and also it just makes it easier that way that there's no confusion on what the message is being said because online captions are terrible but they're like very inaccurate with the captions. Um, so I know that you have friends who are in both public and private schools right now, how are they um, dealing kind of with everything that's going on? My deaf friends, you mean? Yes. Um, I don't know any other deaf friends in private schools, um, to be honest, I'm the only one, but I do have a couple in public. Um, in um, DPS, we just stand for public schools that mm -hmm. they go to. Um, one of them has ASL interpreter through um, virtual classes and, and captioning as well, but she is with me on how the captions are very inaccurate and how, and also it's harder for my friend to have, to reach out to teachers because in public school, the classes are much larger and more students, so she has a harder time reaching out and Especially this year with um, the um, college searching, mm -hmm. um, my friend keeps asking me with questions about the five and the searches. And because I'm in such a small class in private, I'm able to get through them and stuff. But because my friend who is in a public school, she was not able to reach out like one-on-one, -on -one, so I had to help out with her. That's one thing that I've noticed a huge difference between. But in terms of accessibility, with captioning that was pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Although I, I have another friend 
goes to a public school. Um, and the teachers at her school are not very patient with her and doesn't repeat um, things for her. We just unfortunate. Um, um, yeah. And I have other friends that are in college right now too and they're online classes which they're not a fan of either. So it's pretty similar, but I'm sure they have more experiences, but that's pretty much all I know when, when, on the thing that they share with me. And I guess like right now, would you have, or is there anything that you wish people understood who are not in the deaf community? Um, speaking of the pandemic, Um, I would say if there are a lot of people are struggling to do something, don't step in and do the talking for them. Mm-hmm. Instead, approach to them and ask what they need help with and listen to them and let them tell you how you can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had time where people have stepped over me and literally not letting me do anything and do things and not even the way I wanted it to be. So it's make sure that you approach to them and ask if they need help because the deaf community is very diverse. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are hearing the buzzers, some don't, some can talk, some don't, some use ASL, which is American Sign Language. Um, some knows them, some don't. So there's a lot of variety of people. So don't assume that every person that is in the deaf community has same struggles or same same approach to life. So make sure you approach to them and ask how you can help them rather than assuming you know what to do. And if you want to know more about the deaf or hard of hearing people, it's been popular lately at SMAs just to listen, um, mm-hmm. listen to them and listen to their story. Once you take that in, it makes it easier to interact with them and talk with them rather than stepping over them because you're not even listening at the beginning. So just make sure you let them express their needs and express themselves. And this is a question that I asked you before, but what is the difference between deaf with a lowercase d, deaf with an uppercase d, and then hard of hearing? That's a very good question. Um, I'm gonna try my best to explain them clearly. First of all, it depends on the person on which term best resonates with them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it really, it really depends to the person which one they most identify with. But the terms are hard of hearing. It means someone who has somewhat a mild to moderate hearing loss, meaning they still have some level of hearing. So that's just hard of hearing. That's just it. That's how simple that term is. Now, deaf with the lowercase d is more of like a medical term. And it's usually but those people who feel like they're not really fully immersed in the deaf community and don't really um, 
it's those who probably don't relate to much of the deaf culture or the deaf community or something. Most likely there might be in hearing community that they don't, they can't relate to the deaf community sometimes. So that's for those with, that identify themselves with lowercase d, deaf. Now deaf with the capital D is for those who identify their identity as a deaf person, that they're proud of their identity, that they own up to it, and that they are totally immersing themselves with in the deaf community, with the deaf culture, using American child language, mm -hmm. um, viewing the deafness as their identity rather than a disability. Mm -hmm. It's it's that with the capital D is like owning up to like something to be proud of. It has a value, and it was a learning process for me because when I ever since I was young until middle school, I said deaf with the lowercase D, and I was clueless about the deaf community. But then in middle school, I started learning about American Sign Language, learning about the deaf community and the culture, and start being proud of who I am. And so then I changed to capital D deaf. But it is a different learning process for anybody. It really, it's really up to them which one they feel most connected with. Mm -hmm. Well, those are pretty much, I think, all my questions. Um, but I just want to say thank you, Mary Angela, for letting me speak to you and letting me let or just letting ah, my words um but thank you for just coming on i know like you're such a strong person i've gotten to know you all the way since fourth grade and i'm just so happy about it and i'm just like really excited to see what you do in life because we're seniors right now and it's our last couple weeks of school and so I'm just really happy and proud of you and proud of the both of us for making it all the way. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to allow me to like educate the listeners here and just taking any opportunities to bring about the job around us. So thank you for the opportunity. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider donating to support this work by youth activists across the country. Visit ycdiversity.org to make a donation or to get involved.